Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey. Hit it up the park. Hit it with a strike. Hit it with a strike. From the national anthem, anthem. to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slendy Ego. Slendy Ego. Slendy Ego. Slendy Ayy. You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. But you know the job ain't done. Till we hold that trophy up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 469 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is September 15th, 2023. And the Padres, they just won the series opener against the Oakland A's. Cool moment there at the end, as I said in my post-game reaction. Jose Zocar gets his first big league homer. There's like no one in the stadium there, so hopefully he is able to get that home run baseball back. Uh, Tatis had a home run tonight. Padres get the win, but obviously. I don't think very many people care. Season's already over. The big topic coming from today was Kevin Acey's article talking about the Padres' culture and the lack of a winning culture and some of the problems in this Padres' clubhouse, and it focused in on one guy. It's not about one guy, but it focused in on one guy. And what I mean by it's not about one guy is this whole thing is not just about Manny Machado. It's a lot more than just Manny Machado, but he is definitely part of the problem here. So we're going to get into that. Obviously, a lot of people have thoughts on that article that went out today. Some are on Manny's side. Some are on Kevin Acey's side. There were a couple former Padres that weighed in, and we can get to them. If you want to join the show and give your thoughts on this, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. Giving Padre fans a voice. Love doing that here on this show. And I will go through the comments. I'll go through the live chat. 
And I will get to definitely all the super chats that supports the channel. I greatly appreciate anyone that takes the time to do that. Uh, but yeah, comments, questions about what happened today. The main topic in Padres land. We will definitely get to that here uh, in a moment. But just a quick reminder, you can use my code TALKINGFIRES, $20 off your SeatGeek order. And check out Breaking Tea and FOCO, breakingtea.com. Uh, click the link in the description. Great San Diego sports swag. Padres, Aztecs, Wave. Aztecs are in action this weekend against Oregon State. So are San Diego Wave. They play Kansas City tomorrow night. So come out to Snapdragon and support San Diego Wave, who are in first place in the NWSL. And check out foco.com. Link in the description as well. Some great Padres bobbleheads and collectors items, if you will. Uh, collectibles. So check those guys out there. Uh, how's everyone doing? Just getting to the chat here, chat here, just seeing what's what the initial thoughts are as we get started here. I believe I have a poll up on YouTube here. Do you think that Manny is like the clear leader for this Padres team? And you can give your thoughts on that. Uh, Austin here, right out of the gate, AC is so full of S. That was so clearly a hit piece against Machado. Uh, I disagree with that, and I will definitely get into that right now. So if you don't know, and you're, you've been living under a rock here today, Kevin Acey, San Diego Union Tribune, he puts out a piece about the San Diego Padres and their culture. And here's the title of this. As the Padres season spirals, questions emerge about culture, cohesion, and chemistry. And I saw that this morning. And I was like, okay, this was the piece that I was waiting for. I knew a piece was going to come out, whether it was from Dennis Lynn, Ken Rosenthal, like that was in 2021. And I'm sure Dennis Lynn will have more information about stuff that's going on. But someone was going to put something out about the clubhouse, about issues with the Padres that weren't just about on the field. I wasn't expecting it to be, you know, Friday morning here at 7 a.m., but that's when it came out. And Kevin, he has been doing a lot of research, as you saw in this article, a lot of interviews. He was on John and Jim earlier today, and I think he mentioned 30, at least 30 interviews that he did here, you know, collecting information, sources, anonymous players, people in the organization, getting their thoughts. He sat down with Manny Machado for a half an hour at Dodger Stadium uh, to, I think that was on Wednesday, getting his thoughts. So Manny knew that this piece was coming out. A lot of people in the Padres organization were not blindsided by this. They knew this piece was coming out. So this is not, I, I don't think this was a hit piece on Manny Machado. In fact, multiple times here, and we're going to get into the details of this, Kevin made sure to mention, like, Manny is not the one reason why the Padres are where they are. Like, this isn't just a Manny Machado thing. Manny Machado is not the only one that is talked in player meetings and then has not executed the action plan that was set, you know, in those meetings. This is not just Manny Machado. So I think Kevin was pretty darn fair in this piece that he wrote. And it starts off, for those that missed it, I recommend you go check that out, San Diego Union Tribune, obviously. It starts out talking about the Padres-Dodgers series that happened in August at Petco Park, Padres. This is when they're like still fighting for a playoff spot, right? Like they're they're not in it, but like they got to win games here. 
and the lack of urgency. I've talked about that, and that came up. That came to the front of my mind when I read this, when I saw this, um, about how it was the morning of the final game of a series against the Dodgers at Petco Park, early August, and only a handful of Padres, uh, none of them starters, so just bench players, probably, I forget if Matthew Batten was on the roster, but Matt Carpenter was probably out there, just taking some grounders from Matt Williams during voluntary infield workout. And usually when it's when people say it's voluntary, I know this is different professional baseball, but when like a high school coach for me said, yeah, voluntary, voluntary weight training workout or, or, or voluntary workout, it's not really voluntary, right? Like they say that and the people that don't really care, they, they take it as, yeah, it's voluntary. I'm not going to show up, right? And that's how I kind of view this. Like your season's on the line here. You're facing the Dodgers. I think they could have got a split if they won that final game. That was the Seth Lugo game, tipping pitches. Mookie hits the grand slam. They get crushed. Uh, and right there, it was like, okay, this is like a real, it felt like a knockout blow. And yeah, so before the game, bench players taking some grounders. Padres allotted time was up. And then guess what happens? All the Dodger players come out and take the field for pregame work. Not just the bench players, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, everyone, according to Kevin here, everyone. And that's like the difference here, that those small little things. The Dodgers, they always win. Feels like they always win the NOS. They're always in a postseason spot. Why is that? Because I feel like they have buy-in from their players. Players aren't just doing their separate thing. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, they're not above doing the little work the pregame work like that just because it's a day game you change your routine you don't do the the infield work you don't go do the pregame work no they do it every time they they do it you know because they're setting an example like yeah we're great players we probably don't need to do this we're already great players but we're gonna do it because this is the level of expectation we want to hold ourselves accountable we want to hold teammates accountable so the last people on the bench on the Dodgers, they will see this is what you should be doing. You got to work for this. If Mookie Betts is doing this, I'm going to do it. Where with the Padres, that hasn't happened. That's not happening this year. That's, that's it's just the facts. I mean, that's what Kev, Kevin is there every day, watching batting practice, making observations. And this was a fact. The Dodgers were out there. They care more. At least that's what it showed. They cared more than the Padres did. And you can't have that happen when you're the team that's chasing the Dodgers. You're the team that is trying to make the postseason. You're the team trying to prove yourself that, yeah, you're a legit contender. Last year was not just a one-year thing, but obviously the Padres, as Manny said in this article, by the way, which I'll get to, they didn't want it bad enough. They didn't want it bad enough. And that's another guy admitting, like, yeah, we quit. We quit at points this year. Didn't want it bad enough. Because Soto said it in the Seattle series, and Manny mentioned it about the Seattle series and some other series this season where they just wanted, they just did not want it bad enough, like other teams did. And so, yeah, that morning there, that Monday morning, Padres Dodgers, that was a good example of, you know, it's it's not, it wasn't during the game, but those little things, the little things that the Padres didn't do, they added up. 
Uh, Kevin mentioned multiple times here about uh, lack of engagement, lack of cohesiveness, togetherness. And Manny, this didn't seem like it was a piece where he was trying to out Manny. Manny is the only one quoted, but Manny's the captain of the team. He is the leader of the team. He's the face of the team. So when players, you know, they look to, okay, whose lead am I following? They're going to follow Manny's lead because Manny's the guy. You know, he is the guy. And Manny, I think, needs to change a little bit, uh, especially after reading this. And when I had Jim Russell on the show earlier in the week, we talked about is Manny Machado a good leader? And Jim was like, no, uh, Manny, if the Padres want to win a World Series, that's not the guy I want being the number one leader on the team. And I took the viewpoint of there's different ways to lead. I think Joe Musgrove is probably the best leader vocally, like quotes, clubhouse. I don't think that's the best thing that Manny does, right? He leads with action on the field. Maybe not like preparation, like, you know, the little things like that, but finds a way to be on the field. And he gets the job done for the most part. I know this year has been disappointing, but he gets the job done on the field. He posts, he posts every day, right? Sending a good message to the other guys like, you need to play every day. You got to fight through stuff. I'm fighting through stuff. You fight through stuff. And I like that. But when you have a down year, when things don't go the way that they were hoping for, the way that fans were hoping for, we're going to find little things. We're going to nitpick. You're going to have reporters like Kevin Acey looking at different things. Okay, why is this happening? What are the problems? Why have the Padres not met expectations? Nowhere close to meeting expectations this year. Is it just on the field or is there something deeper? And this is something that is deeper. Um, you know, Manny... I'm just going through this article. I'm not going to read the whole thing because I think it's best for you to just go read it at the San Diego Union Tribune uh, because Kevin did some great work here, obviously. A lot of research that went into this, for sure. Um, he says at one point here, according to several veterans, what also does not exist is a team with a winning culture that doesn't include the best players being the hardest workers and those players demonstrating in word and deed to the rest of the team what is expected and tolerated. To that end, several people man, man, maintain, excuse me, there is a leadership void in the Padres clubhouse, at least the kind of leadership the Padres need. And what is the leadership the Padres need that Kevin is referring to? I think it's those that do the little things, you know, the good examples, not going off on your own and doing your own routine, going out for early field work, putting in the work, Little things, following up on things that you say in meetings, which is what Kevin hit on here, and I'll get to that here in a little bit. But what does not exist is a team with a winning culture. I mean, that's pretty apparent. You just go look through these seasons, right? 2019, nothing. 2020, short season. 2021, collapse. 2022, okay, they made it, but that seems more like a mask of what the problems have been. And then this year, obviously, the most disappointing season in franchise history. Don't you think it's weird as well that Manny, it seemed like he was being a good leader and looking out for Tatis in 2021, 
in the dugout. Remember, it was caught on camera. It's not about you, him yelling at Tatis. Okay. You could say that same thing back to Manny. Manny could say that same thing back to him now. It's not about you. Like, you got to set the example for other guys. You got to be a good leader for this team and not just think about, no, my job is to go out there and play. I don't have to worry about being a good leader in the clubhouse. I don't have to worry about the little things. Setting, setting a good example. Don't have to worry about that. No, no, no. They, they've given you $500 million, like combined. 350, 150 for the first five years here with the Padres, right? Something around $500 million. It's not just about the play on the field. It's the little things as well. Stuff beyond the field, the leadership. Like, I think that needs to improve. I think that's pretty evident here. Or someone else needs to step up because, you know, Manny, it's obviously not working. It's obviously not working. Um, I'm just continuing to go through this AC article, just trying to read, skim through which, because I've, I've read this a couple times here, but I don't want to miss any little, po uh, little points here. Uh, the contention by several people in the organization is that there is one powerful force that may not be the problem, but certainly has not been a solution a player of his stature could be. Obviously, Manny. There's a unanimous consensus that Machado controls the clubhouse, sets a tone and personality for the team. And Manny, multiple times here, when he was talking to Kevin at Dodger Stadium, I think it was Wednesday, he kind of went off the path of where Kevin was trying to get to. Maybe Kevin was actually trying to help Manny and be like, hey, I've got a bunch of Padres teammates here that are telling, like, it's a problem here. You got to be a better leader. And Manny's like, I think we have 26 leaders. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't really believe in chemistry very much. And we'll get to the chemistry part. I think everybody is a leader, Machado says here. I think we have 26 leaders. I don't think necessarily one person has to take the lead role. I think baseball is a team sport. It takes everyone. Well, yeah, no, duh. It's, it's a team sport. I get that. Thank you, Manny, for, for saying that. But we know who, like, who the real leader is. You know what Kevin was trying to get to. But you have 26 leaders. You don't have 26 leaders. Matthew Batten is a leader on this team. Jose Zokar is a leader on this team. Luis Garcia is a leader on this team. No, they're not. Come on, Manny. You know that. Uh, culture questions is the next bold headline for Kevin uh, in this article here. Um, and he talks about the interviews that were conducted primarily with players over a few weeks here, all of whom were granted uh, anonymity. Is that how you say that? Anonymous quotes. Uh, the assurance no direct quotes would be used because Kevin wanted to, and I like this, because now that the players know when they were talking to Kevin, yeah, it's anonymous, they're going to speak more freely. And maybe this will help change the Padres. It will help Manny be a better leader, realize what he's doing, realize the things that he needs to improve at. And it, again, it's not just a Manny thing. This could You could point to Juan Soto doing his own thing. Xander Bogarts, you could point to him You know, as in spring training. I don't want to hit second. Like little things like that, you know? Maybe you point to Tatis for something, right? You could point to other guys, I'm sure. Like, there's a lot of guys probably in this clubhouse that have flaws, that need to be better. 
But Manny, obviously, he's the captain, right? That's what we look at him as. And players in the clubhouse say that, yeah, he's a captain. So it's going to be on him. The, the focus of this story was on him. Um, and Manny, okay, here's the culture thing. And this quote, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know you don't have a good culture when this quote comes out. He made it clear, Manny, he does not believe that the Padres' culture is a problem. And for that matter, strongly indicated he does not put much stock in the importance of cultivating a culture. This is what Manny said. Real quote. What is this? College baseball? What is this? High school? Like, not believing in culture. Do you think the Dodgers believe in culture? Do you think Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, they're out there doing the early field work when they don't have to be, right? The whole team's out there. Do, they, do you think that they believe in team culture, the importance of culture? Yes. Do you think the Braves, Ron Washington, all the infield work that, the, that he does with the infielders and the infielders buying into that, do you think that they think that culture is important? Yes, they do. I think a lot of the important, or the, uh, yeah, I could say important, the important players, important leaders, like successful on those contending teams, they believe that culture is important. And that's part of the disconnect here with the Padres, Padres players in that clubhouse, and Manny is like Manny doesn't really see what he's doing as being a problem where Padres players are speaking to Kevin with anonymous quotes, like hoping that Manny will see this and like, be like, Oh man, I am messing up. I need to improve. The players in there think it's a problem, but Manny's like, nah, culture, whatever. What is this college? High school? What? No. See that that's a disconnect there. That's a problem. Manny has to realize like, no culture. It is important. Sure, if they were winning a bunch of games this year, would we be talking about this? Would Kevin have published this? I don't know. He was on John and Jim earlier on Friday and was talking about how he was on the verge of posting this in 2022, last year, but they won. But now that they haven't won, it's clear that they're not going to make the postseason this year. These things come out. And it is a little bit different of a team. I mean, Manny, he talked about how this is mostly the same team, but I mean, Tatis is a pretty big character. He wasn't there all of last year. Bogarts, that's a new guy. And I was listening to Darren Smith as well on Friday. And Darren is talking about how Manny thought that Xander took his money. The Padres gave his money to Xander Bogarts. So clearly there's, there, there had to be a, something there at the beginning of the season between those two. So yeah, there are new players. Soto here for the entire year. Hater here for the entire year. Snell going into his free agent year, obviously. Probably some priorities on his mind. It is it was different going into this season compared to last year. The expectations, Manny going into spring training, obviously it was different because he was looking to get that contract that he got from the Padres that Peter Seidler gave him. And it's been reported that the Padres were willing to let it play out and have Manny go maybe to free agency. Definitely not give him 11 years, $350 million like Peter Seidler gave him. So, no, it, it, it was a little bit 
of a, a different team for sure this season and him not believing in like the importance of cultivating a culture. That's how, you know, you don't have a strong culture. Like that's a, that's a red flag right there. So I'm going to get back to the rest of this piece here after this. Check out Gaglione Bros famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website gaglionebros.com for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, so back to this Kevin article here. After he talked about the culture here, should have wanted it more was the next bold um, part of this article from Kevin. And this was about the Seattle game, you know, where Soto talked about quitting. And like the team, when they get down, quit instead of continuing to fight, continuing to grind. And Manny, like, believed that as well. Um, First, before getting into the Manny quote, AC hits on how, yeah, I mean, when Seattle got hit by Steven Wilson, the dugout was wanting to hop over the dugout railing and you know, get some, like they were ready to go. When Machado gets hit, the Padres don't do anything. So I think that points to a lack of engagement. That's what Kevin pointed to in this article as well. Like lack of engagement, lack of cohesiveness, togetherness, standing up. I don't think this is them like not caring about Manny, but just a lack of really being in it as much as they should be in it. Um, unity about a sense of unity. I think there is. Can there be more? Can there be a lot more unity? Yes. I wouldn't say that there isn't any that we were not together. So I think it's unfair for people to assume that or to think that everyone has different relationships, but can there be improvement? Yeah, there's always room for improvement. So Manny admitting that, yeah, there could be a lot more unity a sense of unity he says that to kevin can there be a lot more yeah so he's, he's saying that there isn't no unity like there's some unity and i hope so i mean you're a you're a team you're together six months every day i sure hope there's some sort of unity but clearly there's room for growth here clearly they're not as close as some of the more successful teams in baseball. And why is that? Is it just because of the lack, lack of success on the baseball field? Is it because, I don't know, maybe some guys in that clubhouse, they won't take anything from anyone? Like players in that clubhouse, they don't go up and try to make Manny be accountable or try to make some other players in that clubhouse accountable? which is the case because it's written in this article by Kevin when he talks about, oh, have any Padres players thought of confronting Manny, trying to have him be more accountable? And they look at him like he has six heads. I love that note there that Kevin put in this article. Like, are, are, you, are you stupid? Us confronting Manny, trying to hold him accountable? There's no way that's going to happen. Those weren't quotes, but... That's probably what their reaction was. That's what Kevin says here. 
And like a real leader, I think would, you know, listen to teammates and listen to people that have constructive criticism and be like, no, 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 come talk to me. I want you to come talk to me. I want this open feedback. What am I doing wrong? What's going on here? Do you want me to not speak up as much in these player meetings, which there were like eight to nine player meetings here, according to this article here. And Manny was speaking up in a lot of these meetings. And then he'd put, you know, some action plan together. And I assume Musgrove was speaking, probably Cronoworth, maybe Bob Melvin at some point, maybe AJ at some point. I don't know. But they'd speak, Manny included. And then Manny would be one of those people that wouldn't follow up on those action plans. He would go back to doing what he was doing instead of, doing what he probably said in the meetings, which I assume would be like, have better at-bats, do the little things, be more engaged in games. I don't know. I'm just throwing some stuff out there. And maybe he just went back to doing what he usually does. And so when that happens, then you probably get a lack of buy-in on the other players on the roster because they're like, man, he's not even holding himself accountable to his own words. So how can he hold me accountable? I'm just going to do what the heck I want because he's not doing what he said for us to do and what we should be doing and what we agreed upon doing. So I'm going to follow in his lead and just do whatever I want. That's, that's the sense that I got from this piece here. And then another concerning quote, <laughs> I think we just didn't want it. Like Manny, again, admitting that this Padres team just didn't want it enough. I'm sorry. That is a super red flag. Didn't just want it enough. I mean, shouldn't you be motivated? You have sellout crowds like every night at Petco Park. You just made it to the NLCS last year, and that was a bad feeling not being able to get to the World Series. You've never won a World Series before, Manny and some other guys on this team. You have these expectations to go win the World Series. Again, all the support in the world from Padres fans showing up even when they probably shouldn't have later in this season when things were going down the toilet. Just motivation to win. That's not enough. Motivation to prove probably some doubters wrong. Like Padres, they're, ne they're never going to win. Manny, as the leader of this team, they're never going to win. That's not motivation enough. I think we just didn't want it, Manny says. I think overall as a group, we didn't want it as bad as Seattle did or as bad as some of, of these other teams. I will say that. I think that's everyone's fault. And here he goes back to blaming everyone instead of just taking it accountability right on him. And he's right about like, yeah, sure, it's everyone's fault because you're a team, but come on. You're the captain, right? The leader of the team. What I wanted to see here was, I think you can say, I think we just didn't want it. I think overall as a group, we didn't want it as bad as Seattle did or as bad as some of these other teams that they played. But then leave it at that. You know, take the take the blame. You know, Bomel, he takes a lot of the blame. He took the blame today talking to the media before this Padres A series opener. You know, he mentioned the piece that came out today, this piece by Kevin Acey. And he was like, ultimately, I'm the leader here. Like, Manny, do that. He says it's everybody's fault. We didn't want it as a team. It falls down to the team. That's not necessarily one player. 
It's not an individual sport. So I think ultimately it comes down to all of us. We should have wanted it more. Yeah. And starting with you, starting with you, Manny, you should have wanted it more because guess what? You're the leader of the clubhouse. You're the captain of the team. All of those players look to you. So if you're showing that you don't want it enough, guess what? That probably is going to rub off on some other players. Like, I don't know, Juan Soto, the guy that said, you know, admitted about quitting, about the team quitting instead of fighting and grinding in Seattle. Maybe it rubs off on someone like, I don't know, Fernando Tatis Jr., who views Manny as probably like a dad because he came up as a rookie and Manny was the captain, the leader, right? 2019, Tatis comes up. There's the Sports Illustrated article and all that. Manny yelling at Tatis in the, in the dugout in 2021, right? Like Tatis knows Manny really cares about him and Tatis probably has a deep love for Manny. So he sees Manny doing something. He's probably going to follow in those footsteps a little bit. It rubs off. It's a ripple effect. And it feels like Manny isn't recognizing that. And he continues to deflect in some of these quotes. He's taken some accountability, but I guess I want more accountability for Manny, especially in these quotes when he had the opportunity to just do so. And instead, instead he, you know, talks about it briefly and then goes into, well, it's more about our play on the field and the team just not doing well enough. It's not an individual sport, blah, 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 blah. No, no S, Manny. We get that. Of course, it's not a individual sport. But again, I think Kevin, like he had 30 minute conversation with Manny at Dodger Stadium. I think part of this was like Kevin trying to talk to Manny like, hey, I'm getting all this information from your teammates in that clubhouse that doesn't reflect very well on you. And you're just going to think that it's not a problem? Uh, culture, not a problem. What is this, college? What is this, high school? You know, and, and deflecting. I just wanted a little bit more accountability here. And then Kevin talks about following through. The Padres had what some estimated were eight or nine team meetings, some among players and others that involved members of the uniform staff and or front office. In all of them, it felt like agreement had been reached and plans had been laid out to get the team on a path of cohesion. According to multiple sources, Kevin says, Machado was among the primary speakers in virtually all of them. And then over the ensuing days, he was among those who did not follow through on action plans. And then the quote, man, he says, right after this, I followed through on everything I say. Which, clearly, you don't, according to these sources these players in the clubhouse, these people in the organization, you don't follow through on everything that you say. Or else these people wouldn't be complaining about how you don't follow through on the things that you say in these meetings. And what is said in these meetings, we don't 100% know, right? But obviously, Manny is one of the leaders on this team. Viewed as if you could only pick one going into this year, like Manny was the guy, right? The captain of the team. And so, yeah, he's going to be speaking in these meetings. But guess what? When you don't follow through on this stuff, like reported in this article, your words end up meaning less. Because all these meetings, all the times that you talk, 
That's just more time of you not backing it up and following through. And the players will recognize that. And they'll be like, oh, another team meeting. Manny speaking. What happened the other seven times that we had this meeting? What happened after that? He doesn't follow through on what he's saying. So it's all just talk, right? Before the season, it was talk. The start of the season with Manny, right? Don't jump on the bandwagon before, or what do you say? Don't jump on the bandwagon when we start effing raking and doing what we're supposed to be doing. Talk. Never start, never rake consistently, right? All talk. Manny, I think it was after the All-Star break, I want to say. They were at home, and he was telling Kevin, like, we're not desperate. We're not desperate in here. Nope. Just go out, win baseball games. It's simple. We need to win baseball games. All talk. Just talk. Talk, 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 talk. Executing. Executing is more important than talking. Hopefully that's a, a lesson that the Padres players, the superstar players, Manny, Soto, Tatis, that they learn this, that they have learned this season, and it will be better. I know you have to talk to the media, so I'm not saying, like, get fined and don't talk to the media. I'm just saying... There's some things that they chose to say this year that they didn't have to say. They could have just went with the old, just went, got to win baseball games, like Manny loves to say. They could have said that earlier on in the season and displayed more urgency, and instead they didn't. And like Juan Soto, for example, uh, in New York, talks about the Dodgers, right? One of the quotes that he said, I think it was on a TBS broadcast, talking about how, yeah, the Dodgers should be scared of us. We shouldn't be scared of them. They should be scared of us. Do you need to say that? Do you need to put that target more on your back? You could just say, no, Padre, we believe in the team. We believe in our team. Dodgers are a good team. We'll see how it goes. We're going to keep fighting, playing good baseball. And I think it's going to be close down the stretch. You don't have to go to the lengths that you do in some of these things. and. I think that's kind of, you know, hurt the Padres here. Uh, AAC continues. It was relayed to him that the types of things that could have been dis disregarded included being on time to meetings and buses, pregame work, executing unselfish at-bats, or demonstrating a sense of engagement on the, base, on the base paths or elsewhere. So the little things, again, right? We talk about the pregame work, the Dodgers, the whole team out there. So not being on time to meetings, buses, pregame work, unselfish at-bats, engagement on the base pass. We've seen that with Soto where he just wasn't engaged this year. So again, it's not just a Manny thing. I want to make that clear again. It's not just Manny, but obviously he was the focus of this piece. The little things, need, it needs to be focused in on. The little things next year, that has to change. Uh, Machado, according to multiple players, was by no means the only one who often did not put what was said into practice. The failure to turn words into winning play was endemic, as the results show. Again, not a, just a Manny thing, but Manny is part of the problem here, obviously. And here's another thing about Manny. The accountability thing, right? Like, that's obviously an issue with Manny Machado. Clearly. And it's it's an issue. I would guarantee you it's an issue with other guys in that clubhouse as well, not just Manny Machado. 
to ask a Padres player why no one could confront Machado on these matters, like him not holding himself accountable enough, not following through, the little things, to ask a Padres player why no one could confront Machado on these matters is to be looked at as if you have six heads. Meaning, like, Padres players are probably responding to Kevin like, are you crazy? You want me to go walk up to Manny and say, you got to be better? Try to hold him accountable? How do you think that's going to go? You think I would think about doing that? Like, Manny's untouchable. You can't go talk to him. It almost feels like, because he has so much power in this organization, we know he has Peter Seiler's ear, probably has AJ's ear. Like he said earlier this year, yeah, I took the GM hat off a while ago. So he admitted to having the GM cap on, right? And he probably still has that on a little bit. But like he has a huge voice, and this is this reminds me of like LeBron James in the NBA, where he has the voice of the owner. Whatever team he's on, doesn't matter. Cleveland, Miami, L.A. He has the owners here, has the coaches, the GM. Like, things get run past that guy before things happen. Significant things. That's what it feels like. And so, yeah, Machado, you want me? Matthew Bat? I'm not saying AC spoke to Matthew Batten. I'm just throwing his name out there. Or let's say he spoke to, like, Jose Zokar or Steven Wilson or name a player. You think I am in a position to go talk to Manny Machado? No one holds him accountable. So how am I going to go hold him accountable? He doesn't hold himself accountable. So how is he going to listen to anyone else? He just got paid $350 million. The owner gave him that, probably bypassing what the front office thought. He's got everything. He's not going to respond well to that. And that's a problem. I want my leader to be receptive to information, to criticism, to people trying to point out his flaws and be better, be an all-around better teammate, be an all-around better leader. And I'm not getting that sense that when things are going bad, he continues to be this great clubhouse teammate, leader, doing the little things. It's probably much easier to be doing that when you're winning games. But when you're not, that's where it really shows, like, okay, how great of a teammate are you? How great of a leader are you? And, again, with Manny, before this Kevin AC article went out, I was hesitant to be talking about this because I'm not in that clubhouse. But Kevin, he is speaking to people that are in that clubhouse with Manny Machado. He's in that clubhouse every day talking to players and talking with Manny Machado. He's around the team every day, on the field, things that we don't see. And so this article comes out, and it's like it's clear that there's flaws with Manny Machado. But Manny, again, deflecting, and partly he is right about like his job being to go on the field, play baseball. At the end of the day, yes, that's the most important thing. Like If you're not good at baseball, and you could be the greatest teammates of all time, and you suck. I get that. But it also doesn't hurt to have good chemistry, be together, be united as a team. And that obviously didn't happen this season. Manny says, when you go out there every single day, you've got to try to perform, and you've got to try to be the best player every single day, 
no matter who you are. So if you're not doing that, then you're not pulling on the same rope as a team. And talking about everyone pulling in the same direction, I think we did, which is pretty clear at some points this season. That's not the case. We just didn't perform well. It goes back to where was this last year. We did the same thing last year. We did not change one thing. The only thing that changed was that we didn't perform. I did not perform. We did not perform. That's what it is. There's nothing else to it. We did not perform. When you perform, everything is great. Everything is gravy. When you don't, you've got to deal with the consequences. Doesn't that like describe Manny? When things are going well, everything is great. When things are not going well, some of this stuff comes out and things are not great, right? But you look at other guys around baseball, like Bryce Harper, for instance, or Aaron Judge. Doesn't feel like there's these negative things written about them, about the leaders that they are when things are going bad. Sure, they get pissed off, but this stuff doesn't come out. These anonymous quotes about negative things, about how they go about things. So there's a difference. You know, you don't see this stuff about Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman, do you? And again, he's going back to, we just didn't perform well, didn't play well enough. That's, that's what we should be focusing on, not the culture, the clubhouse stuff. And yes, most of our focus should be on the field stuff. And we have been focusing on that. But it's beyond the field. It's pretty clear that this stuff is beyond the field. It's not just about, oh, these guys just underperformed this year. I believe it's a little bit deeper than that. And I think this proves that. And Manny in this article talks about last year we made it to the NLCS. Same group of guys, same clubhouse. None of these conversations came up last year. Yes, that's okay. But Kevin was going to put a piece out like this last year, but then they won. So that last year masked the issues. And when he says same group of guys, same clubhouse, that's not true. You have Xander Bogarts come in. That's a pretty big guy there. Tatis come in for the full year, right? After the suspension. Pretty big guy there. Soto, full season. Not just for a couple months. That's a pretty big guy to have the entire year. And Manny Machado, you got a huge contract before this season. So did that change how you acted a little bit? Maybe. I don't know. It's not exactly the same, Manny. It's not. It's not. And he says here, honestly, the moral of the story is simple. I think we're getting a little sidetracked here. I think ultimately there are a lot of guys that lead here. Obviously myself, Toddy, Bogey, Darvish, Crony, Joe, we're all obviously going to be here for a long time, and people look up to us, and they expect us to go out there every single day and be better. I think we didn't this year. That falls on us. That falls on me for not performing how I'm supposed to perform and the capabilities I'm supposed to be performing at. And when these things happen, this is the outcome. So, yeah, you didn't perform this year. And you can't have this year again next year. I just think that they could have avoided this if they had more urgency, played more together at the beginning of the season, and you had guys like Manny, not just saying, no, we'll turn together. Don't jump on the bandwagon, though, when we start doing our jobs and start up and raking and not worrying about a thing. 
No, if you would have had urgency at the beginning, maybe some of the th- some of these things would have been fixed. Not saying this was this would have resulted in a Padres World Series parade in San Diego here this season. I'm just saying that you'd probably be in a little bit better of a spot and you'd be united. Doesn't feel like this clubhouse is very united. In the dugout during games, doesn't feel like it's very united. When things happen on the field, when someone's hit, doesn't feel like it's very united. Manny continues, and these conversations start happening. Oh, well, there's no chemistry. There's no leadership. There's no this. There's no that. Clubhouse is getting lost. The manager has lost the clubhouse. The front office this. There's always going to be stuff. And ultimately, it comes down to one thing. We didn't perform. I didn't perform what I'm capable of performing. We didn't perform because that's just what it is. And you got to take full responsibility for that. At the end of the day, it's whatever you do in between the lines when you put on that jersey and you go out there and you leave it on the field. So that's the story. I don't think there's anything else that can be talked about. That's part of the disconnect. You've got Padres players in that clubhouse viewing Manny Machado and his leadership as a problem. It is a problem. And then you got Manny saying, no, I'm not a, essentially, I'm not a really believer in chemistry. It's not that important. What, is this college baseball, high school baseball? What I would say to that, Manny, is, well, you look at the great college programs, do you think they have a great chemistry? LSU? Do you think Oklahoma softball had good chemistry? Heck yeah, they did. And they won a bunch of games. It wasn't just talent. It's a little bit more than that. So just because this is the major leagues doesn't mean that, oh, chemistry all of a sudden isn't important. And it was only important in college. It was only important for high school teams, whatever. No. Chemistry is not everything, but it's something. And on the field, you could say, yeah, on-field results, that is everything. But these little things do add up. And again, him deflecting and not thinking that this is a problem is part of the problem. Him not recognizing the culture, the lack of a winning culture, part of the problem is him, and he's not recognizing that. And until he recognizes that, doesn't feel like things are going to change permanently. Maybe temporarily, maybe they have a great season next year, but if he doesn't change and start setting a better example of doing little things, and I don't want to go too far in this because I'm not you know, in the clubhouse, I'm not in Kevin Acey's position where I get to see every little thing Manny does pregame and all that. But obviously it's clear that he, not just him, again, it's not just a Manny thing, but him and other leaders on this team, superstars, they start doing what like Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts do, like set an example, set a standard for this organization. This is what's going to happen. This is not what you're allowed to do. You're not getting away with this. We're all a team. No one is above anyone. Might be making more money, but no one is above anyone here. We're all going to put in the work. We're all going to have urgency. We're all going to care. It's a long season. I get it, but we're all going to care. We're all going to be in this together. We're going to fight for one another. We're going to show up on time. We're going to work our butts off. And that's just not what happened this season consistently enough for sure 
maybe it happened at some points this year. Some players, like I could point to Asan Kim, Joe Musgrove, like they're feels like they're different. Like for sure. Feels like they put in the work and they really care. But then there's other guys where you're watching, it's like, hmm, could you have cared a little bit more about this? Could you have cared a little bit more? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes to some of these. Um, there was some responses as well from Yonder Alonzo, from Will Myers, on social media in response to Kevin and the piece that he wrote here. Yonder Alonzo tweeted this, and then he deleted it, I believe. Kevin AC equals Trent Krim, the independent, from Ted Lasso. And Trent Krim, for anyone that doesn't know, he started out Ted Lasso as someone that thought that the whole soccer team that was happening, or football club, I should say, that was happening there was an absolute joke because they took an American football coach and had him go coach that football team in uh, England, and he didn't know what he was doing. So he thought it was a joke, right? And he wanted to like bash Ted Lasso and he wanted to like ruin this, right? So that's what Yonder's saying. But maybe Yonder didn't watch the final season of Ted Lasso like I did, like some others did, because Trent Krim ended up actually writing a book about this team, being with this team, Richmond, AFC Richmond, being with them all the time. And he was actually friends with the players, the coaches, ended up having good relationship with relationships with them. So he actually knew exactly what was going on. So actually, Kevin, you could be saying, you could actually be contradicting yourself. You think that you're saying Kevin AC doesn't know what he's talking about. Zero clue, to, to be honest, is what Yonder says here. But without knowing it, because maybe you didn't watch the entire show, maybe you're actually saying to some of us, no, Kevin actually does know what he's talking about. And Kevin has gotten some things wrong before, just like a bunch of reporters have, just like all of us in life have gotten things wrong before. But it's not like this was purely a hit piece on Manny. He made sure multiple times to say this is not just Manny. Manny is not the reason, the only reason for this. He's part of the problem is what Kevin was getting at here. And he spoke to Manny. He told Manny, yeah, this is going out. People knew that this piece was going out. He spoke to players in that clubhouse. And it wasn't Kevin that had this information to say about Manny. He was just making this stuff up. No. Where did he get that information from? He got that information from people in that clubhouse. So, people in the organization. So, I'm on Kevin's side for this one, Yonder. And, shocker, Manny's brother-in-law, Yonder Alonso, taking Manny's side. And then Yonder also, he called Kevin Acey a bum. I don't know if everyone saw this or anyone saw this, but this was one of his replies to a fan tonight. Um, I'm trying to find it here. 
So he deleted the Kevin AC equals Trent Krim, the independent SM8, zero clue to be honest, sad, sad. He deleted that tweet. And then he called Kevin AC a bum in reply to a fan that said, ha, 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 here comes Manny's defense team. Yonder said, nah, Manny is a big boy. He can take care of his own. This is me personally. Kevin AC is a bum. And to me, I'm looking at that. It's like, Yonder, if you're calling Kevin AC a bum like that, I think that tells us that Kevin knows what he's talking about here. Or else, why would you call him a bum? You know, like, I don't think that's necessary. Whether he was right about this or he was wrong about this, I think that's a little too far to be calling a reporter a bum, in your opinion. But okay. Uh, Will Myers, he also got in on this. And his was more measured than yonder. He, he did not call Kevin Acey a bum. He says here, I didn't play for the Padres in 2023, but it's unfair to headline one player for the struggles of an organization in a particular year. In my opinion, this is not an accurate representation of who I knew for four years. I like Will coming to Manny's defense. You know, former teammate, knows Manny. Not super, I mean... I am kind of surprised because Will doesn't comment really on anything. But I think it's important to note what he admitted. I didn't play for the Padres in 2023. So he hasn't been in there this season. And the information that Manny, or excuse me, that Kevin is getting about Manny is from this season, from players in that clubhouse right now. So there's probably been stuff that's gone on after last year that Will doesn't know about, right? And I love Will, obviously. Love Will. But I disagree with him here because he says it's unfair to headline one player for the struggles of an organization in a particular year. I don't disagree with, like, that take. Like, yeah, that's, that's unfair. It's not NBA or even NFL if you want to just blame the quarterback. I get it. That's, that's fair. But what I disagree with Will about is if you read the article, Will, which maybe he did, maybe he just skimmed it, I don't know. He's not playing right now, so I think he'd have time to go read it. Kevin made sure to point out that this is not just Manny. Manny is not the only reason why the Padres didn't make the postseason this year. Kevin made sure to point this out. So he's not pinning this only on one player. Here he says in the article, Machado, according to multiple players, was by no means the only one who often did not put what was said into practice in these meetings. The failure to turn the words into winning play was endemic, as the results show. It wasn't just a Manny thing. Like he, he admitted that multiple times, Kevin did, in this article. So, Kevin will is not just blaming one player for the struggles of the Padres this year. Manny's just the captain of the team, the leader of the team, and there was a bunch of anonymous quotes and viewpoints that Kevin got, collected, didn't use those quotes because he wanted people to be able to speak freely, and then reported on those in this article. But go back and read the full article, Will. That's what I would say. Kevin made sure to mention 
it's not just Manny that is the problem here. There's other people that are at fault. Obviously, there are other people on this team that underperformed this season. It's not just a Manny thing. So that will be my response to that. And another question that I have from this article is, who's the actual captain? Who is the actual leader of this team? Because Manny can be a leader on the field, you know, good example of playing every day, suiting up, fighting your butt off the rehab and fighting your butt off when you're hurt and you don't feel like going out there, you're still going out there, might need off-season surgery. Nope, you put it off because you play. You're an athlete, you go out there, you're a professional baseball player, you go play every day. He can be a leader like that, but I'm talking about who's the clubhouse leader? Who's the actual leader that can hold people accountable? I feel like Joe Musgrove is that guy. And maybe Joe, maybe Joe has talked to Manny because I believe Kevin did mention in his article that there were some players that tried to get to Manny and it just didn't really go through. Like it, it just obviously didn't really work. So maybe Xander tried, maybe Bogarts, uh, Musgrove, maybe Crony. I don't know. Maybe Bob Melvin even. Maybe some guys tried to get to Manny and Manny was receptive to it, but then didn't follow through on it. As was mentioned in this article, right? So who is the real leader of this team? I don't think I'm in this spot to say Manny after this article. I don't think that would be very smart to say Manny after this, this comes out. I think it comes down to Joe Musgrove, Xander Bogarts, or probably Jake Cronenworth. Maybe, maybe, Tats, do you throw Tatis in there? I, I know he just came off the suspension, but the things that he has said to the press this year, it seems like it's been pretty mature. It seems like he's definitely become more mature after that suspension, and he's doing the right things. So do you put him in there? Manny put him in there in that group of leaders that he listed. Do you put you Darvish in there? Like, who is that real leader, that real captain? Because we can't say it's Manny right now. Maybe Manny will change, and obviously I hope Manny changes. And this article was written in hope that Manny changes. Like, the players, they gave information to Kevin Acey because they want the Padres to succeed. They want this to maybe be the vehicle that has Manny change things. And not just Manny, but other guys in that clubhouse change things and hold more people accountable and do the little things, right? Like was mentioned in this piece. They're not trying to just do this to bash Manny. They, I, I, I'm pretty sure, because Musgrove, we know he loves to give his thoughts. So I'm pretty sure some of this information is from Musgrove. Maybe it's from someone like Matt Carpenter, who has been in a ton of successful clubhouses. And this one obviously is not. Maybe something's from Bogarts because we know he likes to speak his mind. The leader right now, it's not Manny. So who is it? I, my guess, my thought on this is the leader is, is uh, Joe Musgrove. But it needs to be more than just one leader. And I, I hope that whether it's Tatis, Manny, I hope they can stick into that or, you know, develop better into that leader role 
going forward because Manny's here for a long time. He's here. You know, can't do anything about it. So we can only hope that it gets better for sure. All right. Also, another topic that I wanted to hit on, and I'm going to get to the chat talking about this Manny clubhouse culture stuff. Don't worry. Definitely going to get to you here in a second. But there was news that came down today from AJ Casavell. Came down, I should say, came down on Friday from AJ Casavell, MLB.com. Hasn't been announced yet from Bob Melvin, I don't believe. But Joe Musgrove, he is being shut down, which is the right decision. And it's not because there's a setback in injury, according to AJ Casavell. Not because of that. It's because of where the Padres are in the standings. And they're not going to go be a postseason team. Now, why did it take this long for the Padres to shut Musgrove down? I have no freaking idea. We know that Joe Musgrove should have been shut down weeks ago. Because this Padres team was going nowhere weeks ago. So this is the right move, obviously. Musgrove, it's been a, just like Darvish. Disappointing year. There's been some injuries. Some starts where he was a little bit disappointing. And I think next year, no doubt, he's going to be motivated to bounce back and be healthy all season long, hopefully all season long. And there's, for if, if, if you have questions on like, oh, is this team going to be motivated next year? Or are they just going to do the same thing? Someone you don't have to question about that, I guarantee you, you do not have to question about that, is Joe Musgrove. Because he's a Padres fan himself, obviously. And he knows, he hears it probably all the time, how disappointing this season has been. And he's probably disappointed in his season. He's disappointed in the Padres' season. So he is definitely going to have a fire under him going into this season, going into next season, going into this offseason. Shoot. He might be one of those people that has like the Padres record as their lock screen and just look at that every day when he wakes up, every time he goes on his phone, the entire offseason, maybe just looking at that. Or maybe he'll have it as the Dodgers celebrating an NOS title, another NOS title this year when they clinch that. I feel like he'd be one of those guys to like really, you know, he's going to be pissed off. So, Musgrove, disappointing year for sure. Not the best start to this five-year contract for sure. But, what, he's going he's gonna to drop a kettlebell on his toe in spring training every year? I don't see that happening. He's going to run on the 100-degree the turf in Mexico City every year? I don't see that happening. He's not going to make that bad decision again, right? And I, I don't, I mean, I hope, I hope that this shoulder issue is not going to be recurring. Sure hope not. And this, this is, I'd rather, and I'm, I'm not at this point either with Darvish. I get like the six years too long. But I'm not going to sit here right now and be like terrible contract for Darvish. I still want to see next year. Musgrove, I'm not even thinking about being at that point yet. I mean, this is a bargain. $20 million a year for Joe Musgrove? I would do that a thousand times. 
If it doesn't work out somehow, it doesn't work out. But, I mean, that's a great contract for the Padres. Five years, $100 million. If there's a fan that sits there and says, no, nah, that's not a great contract, I think you're out of your mind. You don't know enough about Joe Musgrove. You don't know enough about how much pitchers are getting paid, starting pitchers, all-star starting pitchers are getting paid now in free agency. Like, that is such a good deal. And uh, I'm definitely not going to give up on that. But yeah, Joe Musgrove was definitely the right decision to shut him down. And I like the competitiveness from him. Like, wanting to get back on the mound this year, he wanted to pitch one more inning as or either as an opener, as just one inning out of the bullpen, just once. That's all he wanted, one inning. Because he mentally wanted to be like, okay, I got back on the mound this season. I am good to go, ready to go fully attack the offseason and go into next year. Let's go. I will always compliment people that have that mentality of wanting to play. Like I compliment Manny for having that mentality of wanting to play. But at the same time, I think that that's not the best decision for this franchise. You got to get those guys off the field. If they're dealing with injuries, there's no point in them continuing to play. Sitting here from the Padre fan perspective, that cares about 2024 now that the 2023 season is unofficially over. And it's been unofficially over for weeks, right? So Darvish, right decision was made. Musgrove, right decision was made. Manny, we'll see what happens. Manny runs his own show. So if Manny wants to shut it down, then he'll get shut down. If he doesn't want to, then he's not going to get shut down. Maybe that's the same thing with Bogarts. Should Waka get shut down? I guess that's kind of dependent on if the Padres decide they want to give him the club options, right? 16 and a half mil, I think it is, for 24 and 25. If they don't, then they'll just continue to pitch him. Do they shut Seth Lugo down? Probably not, because he's just going to go anyway. Maybe he comes back, but he's not going to come back, I wouldn't think, on the player option. His start tonight wasn't that great. Last two outings haven't been that great, but I'm not like worried about Seth Lugo. That's still a guy I would want back next year. He's been pretty good this season. I know he went on the aisle a little bit, but he hasn't pitched this many innings in a while. And he's looked pretty good. The velo's been there. He's been pretty good this season. So I think he's only going to have a better year next year because he's now confident and he knows what to do, what not to do, preparing to be a starter, which is something that maybe he didn't really know what to do going into this year because he hadn't done it in so long. And he definitely hadn't pitched this many innings in his big league career, you know? All right, let's get to the chat here after this. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. 
The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, just a reminder, if you want to join the show, give some thoughts, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. Speaking of the chat, if you want to leave a super chat, I will get to those. You jump to the front of the line, supports the channel, makes it very easy for me to see your comment, your question. You can control the direction of the show. I appreciate anyone that does that. Uh, also, speaking of the chat, let's start up at the top here. Already talked about Austin's comments. He thinks AC is so full of S, even though in this article he had a bunch of sources inside that clubhouse. It wasn't just him making it up. He had quotes from Manny Machado. He talked to him for a half hour, so I guess that's not good enough for some people. Um, Jesus says, on your personal opinion, do you think the Padres are better off without Machado on the team? What do you mean? Like Machado and Matthew Batten playing third base instead? No. Machado on the off the team and Bryce Harper on the team? I mean, I can make the argument that, yes, they're better off with Bryce over Manny, especially with what happened, what has happened with Bryce and Philly. There's other, if you want to sub Manny out with another all-star player, then I would think about it. But just Manny off the team and you're not replacing him with anyone really good because Manny is a really good player. He's just not a really good leader, it doesn't seem like. Um, So, no, I don't think the Padres are better off with Machado off the team. And, like, no great replacement for him. No. Um, Everything Sports USA says, Manny is so talented. Guy just isn't a leader of a ball club. He's a great piece to a puzzle. Might be. I think he can lead with his actions. He's got to work with leading the other ways. That's what it seems like here. Um, Lizzie says, maybe for Manny, culture means more accountability, and he likes to do his own thing. He is Manny effing Machado, after all. Yeah, well, clearly he likes to do his own thing. I think Juan Soto likes to do his own thing. There's some guys here that like to do their own thing. There's egos in that clubhouse, and sometimes that's good because those are good players, and it's confidence when things aren't going good. Maybe you like to, you, you want players that have that confidence, but I want more unity out of this team. That's what it feels like they need. They need more unity. They need everyone pulling on the same rope at the same time, doing the little things right. I want the eyewash. If that's just eyewash for some people, 
them doing what the Dodgers do and going out there as a team, everyone, no one's too small or no one's too big, I should say, for anything. Taking those infield grounders, being out there together more. Even if it's a day game and it's not a night game, oh, it's a day game, so I'm not going to do that. I don't need to do that. I'm already good. That's complacency. That's lack of urgency, lack of setting a good example. That needs to change. Jesus says, this is wild. You cannot be a leader when you have players' meetings, and after the meetings, Machado does not follow the action plans. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes your words pretty empty, huh? Steven says, Manny is the spoiled teacher's pet of the owner, Peter Seidler. Ben, nothing negative on Peter so far. Wait till Kevin Acey finally sees the light on Peter. Then, yeah, you guessed it. Ben will, too. Well, talking about Peter, so, Steven, you want me to get on Peter? I think both things are fair. I can get on Peter for going past A.J. Preller in the front office and giving Manny Machado $350 million for 11 years instead of listening to the front office. He's the owner. He can do whatever he wants. So I wanted Manny Machado here long-term. I'm not saying that I didn't want Manny Machado here long-term. But if your front office is wanting to wait on things, maybe have conversations with them and be like, why? Why do you want to wait? Why? What's the point in waiting? What are the problems that I don't know about? Did Peter Seidler know about these problems before Kevin put this out? Did he know going into spring training when Manny obviously said he was going to opt out and then that put pressure on Peter and Peter you know, was like, no, 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 you're not leaving. You're going to be here. I'm giving you this money regardless of what anyone else says. Right? Like, how did that go? Did Peter know about things before? Or is this just something that Manny has done this season? Manny says that they didn't change a thing between last season and this season. But this piece didn't, it wasn't written last year. Now, Kevin, again, I think he said earlier today that. No, the piece was, it was on the verge of being put out, but they won last year. And this year, obviously, didn't win, and it gets put out. Um, so, I don't know. I hope that Peter Seidler is asked these questions by Kevin, by people in the media, um, at the press conference, end-of-season press conference with Peter Seidler. Like, they'll probably just ask, like, a general, what are your thoughts on Manny Machado? Do you think Manny Machado is the right leader for this team moving forward? Maybe that's the question. I want the question to be, what did you think of Kevin Acey's article in September about Manny Machado and the culture of this team? Did you know about these things? Did you know about these things before the Manny extension that you gave him? Did you know about these things? Have you? How are you going to address these things? How are you going to make sure as the owner of this team that these things don't continue to happen? How are you going to enforce that? How are you going to make sure the manager enforces that? How are you going to make sure Manny changes some things and the leaders in that clubhouse enforce things and hold themselves and other people accountable? Those are some of the questions I want to be asked to Peter Seidler, 
probably to AJ because I think he's still going to be here. To the important people, that's what should be asked about this. Because I know Peter Seidler read this, of course. He's not going to sit there and be like, no, I didn't read this. Of course you read it. And if you didn't read it, I'm sure someone is going to talk to you about it. And then you will go end up reading it. Lizzie asked, is Melvin afraid of Manny too? I think that Bowmel trusts his players. And so maybe that was a weakness of Bowmel earlier in the year. Like, I trust Manny. Look what happened last year. I trust Xander from the time in Boston. You know, good words, recommendations. Um, trust. I trust Musgrove and Manny that they will, you know, police the clubhouse. They'll be good leaders. I don't have to worry about that. And, well, Manny obviously didn't do a good enough job, obviously, of leading that clubhouse this year. That's pretty clear. So, yeah, some of this probably is on Melvin. But the Manny stuff, like a lot of the stuff that came out from Kevin Acey here, it's not on Bob Melvin. How can Bob Melvin make Manny Machado accountable? Right? At the end of the day, that comes from inside Manny. Manny has to be accountable. How can Bob Melvin keep Manny from deflecting on, well, chemistry, I don't really buy into chemistry. Uh, is this college? Is this high school baseball? Bob Mel can't do that. That's got to come from Manny inside, realizing that culture, no, that is important. So, I mean, I put this more on Manny. I put this more on the players than I put this on Bob Melvin after this piece came out today, especially. Okay, I mean, I see in the chat here, if it's a culture thing in the clubhouse, laziness, etc., then it's up to Melvin to change that. He's the manager. He needs to light a fire under these guys. He, you don't think he tried that this season? Like, at some point, just like Manny with the, with the player meetings and his message, you keep saying it, it's, it's not going to mean as much. So he pulled that last year, successful. He pulled it earlier this year, trying to get urgency. It didn't happen. Called the players out in the media, like, we need to show more. We, we need to fight a little bit more. I think that was during the Twins series, and nothing happened. So, I mean, at what point, like, your message probably doesn't mean a whole lot. Like, at the end of the day, it's up to the players in that clubhouse. They've got to be the ones accountable. Bob Melvin, I'm pretty sure he tried. Of course he tried. He doesn't want to waste this season with the best roster that he's ever had. Or the most hyped-up roster, I should say, that he's ever had. Of course not. He wanted to go win a World Series. So, of course, he tried to light a fire under these guys. At the end of the day, it's up to the players in there. Yes, Tyler says, I don't remember anybody having an issue with Machado last season as a leader when the Padres went into the postseason. What I would say, though, Tyler, is I think that that masked a lot of things because look what happened in 2021. Look what happened in 2019. I know that they weren't like this World Series contender in 2019, but it seemed pretty clear that some of those players quit in 2019 at the end there, especially after like the Fran Mill trade, 2021, obviously a collapse, and then this year. So 
yeah, okay, we didn't bring this up last year because they were winning and all that. But, I mean, Kevin said, no, he, he was on the verge of putting this type of article out last year, but they made the postseason. They won. Uh, Lizzie says, I've always said Manny is, su is a super talent, just not captain material. I think he can be a captain on the field, like as a leader by actions. He's a leader by like playing baseball, but he's probably he's not the best all around leader. Like there's more things to it than just going out and playing baseball every day to being a leader. And it seems like he thinks that, no, all I have to do to be a good leader is to go play baseball every day. That's what it feels like. Hey, Sue says, can we just stop using the Dodgers as an example? Let's use another team. Okay, how about the Atlanta Braves? Ron Washington every day is out there with those infielders. Starting infielders, superstar infielders, everyone, every day, they're out there. They're not above those little drills. And what's happened with the Braves? I'm not saying the infield drills is what makes them win, but again, those infield drills are part of the little things that add up. Because I'm sure the Braves don't stop there. They do the other little things as well. And there's players on this team that think they're above doing the little things. That's what it seems like to me. So yeah, I can use, I don't have to use the Dodgers. We can look at the Braves. I'm sure we can look at, name another team. I'm sure the Orioles have done stuff well this season. Stuff the Padres haven't done. Gone the extra mile. Yeah, we we don't have the Phillies probably. Yeah, Mike, how about Atlanta? Yeah, we don't have to just use the Dodgers. Uh, Lizzie says, I thought Bogarts was brought in to be a leader this year. Maybe he is one of the leaders. Maybe he is one of the guys that is part of the problem as well. That wasn't really detailed in here. But yeah, maybe he's on his own different program. Like, I want more unity with this clubhouse next year. I get players have different, like, pregame routines and all that. But it keeps getting mentioned. And it feels like there's other successful teams that are more united than this team was this season. And that's a problem. Like, they got to be a team. Um, just continuing to scroll through these comments here. Tyler says the same people all over Manny are the same people praising him and calling him captain, liking him, yelling at Profar and Tatis, putting him in their places. Guess what? Him yelling at Profar, putting Tatis in his place in 2021, that showed leadership. What, where was that this year? Did we see that this year? Did we see him yell at Juan Soto for not hustling? Did we see him yell at Trent Grisham for bunting with the bases loaded the other day? Did we see him yelling at Soto for, uh, what was that, earlier this year, or maybe it was earlier this month? Ball to center field, fly ball, and Soto just wasn't in the game mentally because there's one out and the dude's running to third like there's two outs? And he gets double off. Was he yelling in his face there? 
What changed? Why not? Why not doing that stuff this year? Like a lot of this stuff that was written, it was about this year. It wasn't about past years. Like I like that. Manny screaming to Tatis, it's not about you. Where was that this year? Where was that to himself this year? I think those are valid questions. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um. Chris says, whatever the case may be, I've never liked the dude and was bummed when he signed with the Padres. Manny? I mean, I think you were one of the few people. If you're a Padres fan, Chris, I think you are, yeah, because you're in the comments all the time. Um, you, you were probably one of the few Padres fans that were bummed when the Padres signed Manny Machado. I mean, come on. Adrian says, Manny has an attitude problem. Sometimes it might look like that. David says, still don't get it. There's a difference between a leader and a good leader. You're a joke. No one is saying Manny is not a leader. He's just not a good leader. Idiot. Okay. Well, don't think we have to call names uh, there. Um, okay. Just reading this comment again. There's a difference between a leader and a good leader. You're a joke. No one is saying Manny is not a leader. He's just not a good leader, idiot. Okay. I think that he is a good leader on the field when he is playing baseball. And that's how he thinks he is a good leader. Because he thinks being a good leader is being out there on the field every day and playing baseball. But there's more to that. So again, I think I said this earlier, being a leader in totality, no, clearly he's not a great leader. He needs to improve on that. I agree with that. 
He is a leader on the field. He's not a good overall leader. Is that pretty clear? David says, weeks ago, I was talking about hope. Now you said the team was done weeks ago. Um, I mean, when did I first say this team was done? I'm pretty sure I said this team was done weeks ago. So, yes. Uh, I was hopeful after the All-Star break and after the trade deadline. Hopefully they'll turn it around. But no, I, weeks ago I said that this team was done. You can go back and look. Mike says, was it Manny who told these guys not to drive in runners in scoring position game after game after game? Well, no, again, Mike, some of these, yes, it's not all about leadership. Some of it is about leadership. There's a, there's a lot of it this year, lack of execution, and that's not on Manny, except for his lack of execution on the field, but that's on other players that didn't execute. Uh, Unicorn Zeiss asked, if you could do a trade for Bryce Harper, but keep keeping Manny's contract, would you? What do you mean? Like Bryce Harper takes Manny's contract, so we would have Bryce for 11 years for 350. I'd probably take that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge Bryce Harper fan. Like anyone that knows me growing up, I've been a huge Bryce Harper fan. So yeah, I think use another player. I think that's probably better because yes, Bryce Harper. Being on the Padres was like a dream of mine when I was even younger. So, yes, I would do that. And just results-wise, I mean, yeah, I have a strong case to say yes on that as well. I don't hate Manny Machado. I just think that this year was really a bummer, for sure. It was really disappointing. Um, continuing to go through the chat here. JD's third says, everyone is so sick of Manny and his BS. Uh, yeah, a lot of Padres fans are sick of Manny and his BS right now. It just, I mean, that's what you're saying, JD's third. So that's what I'm saying. It's not all about Manny, though. Again, I want to make that clear. It's not. It's not, it's not just Manny. I'd include Soto in that. Maybe include Xander in that. Definitely production-wise on the field. Don't know about in the clubhouse. I'd include Cronenworth in that on the field. I'd include a bunch of people this year on the field. Yeah, Lizzie says, don't jump on the bandwagon when we start raking. Manny to all Padres fans. Yeah, let's let's do a little bit less talking next season. I hope that we can do a little bit less talking. Those players. Don't put a target on you. You're already going to have a target. Like, next year, let's be clear. Next year, the Padres are still going to have a lot of um, pressure on them, especially after how bad this season was. There were going to be expectations in 2024 regardless of how this season ended. If it ended up like this, like crap, there's going to be pressure because how can you have another bad season like that? And Juan Soto's final year before free agency can't happen. And if they were good this past year, well, we're expecting them to do that again.
Let's say they made it to the NLCS this season. Well, make it to the World Series. Let's say they made it to the World Series but lost. Win the World Series. Let's say they won the World Series this year. They'd have high expectations. Reigning World Series champs. Go do it again. You're going to have a good roster still. So regardless, there were going to be high expectations. And now, definitely, there's going to be pressure expectations on this team. I don't think that you're going to see a lot of experts picking the Padres to go win the World Series. But like they, like it was going into this season. But they're going to have pressure on them. Oh, yeah. Definitely from Padres fans. Because season ticket prices are going up. Ticket prices are still going to be high. Even when this team sucked this year. Uh, David says Manny's a leader by action. Face Paul. Manny said he's not Johnny Hustle. Okay, David, I guess you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm saying he's a leader through his actions because he suits up every day in plays. Regardless of how he's feeling, he could have a high ankle sprain like last year and only be out for a couple of weeks, a few weeks, what it was, like 10 days, when other players would be out for a month, months, some, some guys rehabbing his butt off because he knows he needs to be out there for his team. That's what I'm talking about, about leadership on the field. He doesn't hustle every time. I know. I watch every game. I get it. I'm not saying he hustles every game on a ground out to second all the time. But he's smart about when he hustles and when he doesn't. Does he make mistakes on the field still? Yes. But in terms of not having an excuse and being on the field because that's his job, he does that. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that's that hard to understand. Lizzie says, if anything, AC's article is showing how effed up the whole Padre organization is run. And yes, Manny is a huge part of it. The team is basically built around Manny. Oh yeah, it's built around him. I mean, Seidler... Loves Manny. Manny has a lot of say in this organization. He has Seidler probably on speed dial. Like, yeah, it's built around Manny for sure. Manny's prime for sure. That's why, like, this window here is so important, and this is a wasted year of that. So it pisses me off, and it pisses a lot of Padres fans off for sure. Uh, the Padres are usually the underdog and they embrace that label. And this year they went and fell flat. Well, they, they did, they did not embrace the underdog label this year. I mean, you had Juan Soto on TBS, uh, early on in the season. No, Dodgers should be worried about us. You had Tatis at FanFest, And I know it was a question asked to him, but he didn't need, he could have just set a team like Bogart said, said the Astros. He said, who do you want us to face? Who do you want us to face? Who do you want us to face? Doesn't matter because we're, we're going to win it all. He didn't need to say that. They didn't embrace the underdog label this year. Yeah, they they were not. And rereading that comment there, the darkness put that in there. Um, I see what you're saying. This year they weren't the underdog and fell flat. So maybe next year they should... Look at those predictions from ESPN and MLB.com and all that. 
and when they see the Padres are not World Series favorites, they're going to be like, we're the underdog. That's what they're going to say, probably. And if that's what makes them go win, then go for it. There's a lot of people that do that in sports, where they say, we're the underdog, no one believed in us, blah, 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 even though people did believe in you and you weren't the underdog. Now, next year, Padres will be the underdog. So, yeah, they can use that. But again, sustainability, going back to that, like, are you going to use the underdog thing every single year? Like that underdog mentality? No one believes in us? Speaking of underdog, by the way, underdog fantasy, click the link in the description, code Talking Friars. You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. NFL season's back, obviously. College football, San Diego State plays Oregon State tomorrow. Um, I think 1230 FS1. So you can, I, I believe you'll be able to pick, you can do pickums on that. There's drafts, great stuff in underdog fantasy. So I definitely recommend you check them out there. There's MLB daily pickums. Um, so sometimes there's like no doubter slam dunk ones where it's like, okay, Blake Snell, the other night, Blake Snell, underdog fantasy, it was like 15, like 15 outs, I think. Something like that. 15 and a half outs. It's like they don't think that he can get six innings against the Dodgers when he's going for a Cy Young. Yeah, I'm going higher on that. Then you make another pick. And let's say I put in 20 bucks, you would win 60 bucks if you win that. You know, so little things like that. I definitely recommend you check out Underdog Fantasy there. And they'll have stuff, obviously, for the Major League Baseball postseason. Unfortunately, the Padres, as we know, they will not be involved in that. They will be sitting on their couch. They will be golfing, which is not what I expected going into this season. Charlie says, Seidler is dumb for treating players like family. Does he not understand it's in their best interest to kiss ass? He got too close. The, he got too close. Sorry, some of these words are misspelled. He got too close to players and let personal feelings control the contract talks. With Manny, he did, yeah. but. He's the owner of the club. I wanted a Manny extension, and at the end of the day, a Manny extension happened. Now, 11 for 350, probably wanted less than that, but I wanted a Manny extension. It happened, so I'm not going to complain about the extension too much. It happened. Um, can't change it now. And Seidler, I mean, it, yes, that, that can be a weakness, you know, him being that close to some of these players, for sure. But I'd rather be, I'd rather have an owner that is like that and really cares about the team and is around the team and all that than an owner that doesn't care, like John Fisher with the A's. An owner that's never there, an owner that wants to move a team, low payroll, doesn't care about the fans, right? So there, there's take, there, there's give and take here with having Peter Seidler. All right, anything else to discuss? I think that's it. Just seeing on social media here real quick to see if there's anything else. I don't think so. Oh, just baseball news, not Padres, but Shohei Otani cleared out his locker, so he might be done for the year, which, just like some Padres players, I think that's the right decision. I mean, the dude's going to go get $500 million in free agency, probably, so. Angels aren't in it. Shut it down. Maybe go get surgery. What's the point in continuing to play? All right. I mean, that's the same argument that I could have about Manny. 
and about Darvish resting, seeing if he needs surgery in five, six weeks. Musgrove, hopefully nothing gets worse there with the shoulder. So Musgrove shut down, right decision. Darvish shut down, right decision. Manny should be shut down. Will it happen? I don't really think so, but we'll see what happens. This has been Talking Friars episode 469. Thank you, everyone, for the time. I wish I was talking about these baseball games more because that would mean that the Padres were in it. They wouldn't be having these clubhouse chemistry issues, but this is where we're at. Very interesting stuff that came down earlier today. Again, I recommend you go read that San Diego Union Tribune if you missed out on that. Thank you. I didn't agree with some of you in the chat tonight, but I appreciate everyone for being here. Have a great rest of your night. If you're watching on replay, have a great rest of your Saturday, great rest of your weekend. Podcast platforms, same same thing to you. See y'all later. <laughs>